putting them in this like, you know, knight in shining armor archetype that they were going to heal and fix all of my problems. And that is just an expectation and a responsibility that does not belong to anyone else other than ourselves. What's up, babe? Welcome to Boldly Courageous, a podcast created for you, the ambitious woman who is ready to take action and step fully into the life you've always dreamed of. I'm your host, Melissa Martin, and each week I will be your virtual wingwoman as you gain the tools and confidence to face your fears head on. The time is now, and this is your permission slip to live your boldly courageous life. Are you ready, babe? Let's do this. Welcome back to the Boldly Courageous Podcast. I'm so excited you're here. I don't know why I'm singing, but maybe it's nervous energy, maybe it's excitement, whatever it is. I'm just so excited that you are tuning into another episode and that we get to go on this journey together. So thank you so much for being here. So I would consider this to be part two of my boldly courageous story. In part one, I shared the story about my beliefs around money and moving across the country and losing all of my income twice. And in that episode, I referenced something that I was moving through that was feeling really tender that I wasn't quite ready to share. And at the time that was true for me. And I feel as though it's time. And this is a story that has been brewing for a while, but Like anything, when you're going through transitions, it's really important that you take the time to honor the process and get to a place where you feel like you're on the other side of it and you can reflect with a lot more clarity. So this episode is all about my seven-year relationship and transitioning out of my marriage in the end of 2019. And it's something that I've been very quiet about. I've been very private about for obvious reasons. Um, You know, whenever you're dealing with relationships and transitions, it can feel really charged and super sensitive. And I just want to share a disclaimer to anyone that is going through relationships that are challenging, or if you feel like you're navigating through something and you're struggling, I feel you. And also with that comes this uncertainty around how to share your truth, right? I feel like sometimes we get stuck in this place of wanting to share a message because it's part of who we are and it's our truth, but also wanting to be respectful that there are multiple points of view and not everyone is going to share your perspective. So this is my declaration to everyone that this is my experience and my story and my perspective and that it's my truth and I get to own that. And at the same time, I am sharing it from a place of realness and authenticity with so much love and compassion and understanding that this is my experience and it might not be someone else's experience. So I want to talk about relationships first and kind of preface this because I feel like this experience for me over the past seven plus years and more recently in the past five months has completely shifted my perspective on how we define success in relationships. So prior to this 
experience, which I'm going to share a little bit more about for me, how I would have defined success in a relationship at the very basic level would have been longevity. And I think that this is something that's promoted through pop culture and generational beliefs that in order for a relationship to be considered successful, it has to be long. And so we enter into this contract of marriage that we will stay in this container and relationship until death do us part. And that is the true badge of success, you know, longevity. I've been married for 50 years and, you know, we've stayed the course, et cetera. However, I don't really believe that that's success any longer. I believe that we come into relationships to heal some part of our life, whether it's attracting a specific client into our business to heal a wound that we have, whether it's attracting friendships or relationships to help us heal or even romantic partners. And if you are subscribing to the idea of reincarnation, we even call in our parents and our family. We choose them so that we can heal patterns of karmic, whatever you want to call it, karmic patterns. And this is truly what the human experience is all about, right? It's learning and growing and evolving and healing. And when we enter into relationships to heal, once that healing is complete, it's not always in the best interest of both parties to stay in that relationship. There is a completeness to it. And really, when you think about it, every relationship has an expiration date, whether it's short or long really is remains to be seen, but every relationship ends at some point, whether our life ends or the transition out of that relationship happens or the contract is complete, relationships end. So I feel like it's important to really look into your own relationships and decide how am I defining success in this relationship and why? Is it a belief that was placed on me from my parents or the religious um, container that I'm in or just something I've never really questioned? And for me, going through this uh, experience, transitioning out of my marriage in such a beautiful, beautiful way has given me the opportunity to really redefine what success looks like for me. And so coming into this relationship, I'm really learning a lot about my own wounds that needed to be healed. And for me, it was a lot of codependency. It was a lot of learning about the balance between masculine and feminine energy for me and my default mechanism back into masculine energy redefining what worthiness means and safety and control. All of this has come to the surface by really having the opportunity to look at patterns. So in our life, we will repeat patterns over and over and over again until we learn the lesson. And this can show up in literally everything we do. I've shared that in my last episode around patterns around money. I think that we end up dating a lot of the same people over and over again because we're not learning the patterns. I think that if you subscribe to the idea of karmic duties and reincarnation, that we will continue to reincarnate and learn the same lessons over and over until we heal it. So when I look at relationships in my life, from my perspective, I started to see a pattern and it would go like this. So the first sort of phase of this relational pattern that would come up for me was I would enter into a relationship with wounds that needed to be healed. And 
the idea was that I would attract men into my life that needed saving, that I could be the heroine in their life. I could save them some way. And it put me in a position of feeling needed. It put me in a position of feeling validated and worthy and also put me in a position of control. Because if I was attracting men into my life that needed me, it meant that I wasn't going to be abandoned and that I was in control of the relationship and I got to decide when it would end. Um, and so what would happen for me is I would, I would attract these men in in the very beginning, it would feel really good because it was basically fulfilling this need within me to be wanted. And so my soul was so excited because I was needed and it felt really good and I could solve problems. And this person relied on me and it just validated my own importance. And this is sort of what I would call the honeymoon phase. And I think a lot of people experience this in the beginning of relationship. We're not really looking at are there red flags or are there any old patterns showing up for myself? It's really just fun and exciting and it feels really good. And our ego is super, super happy. However, what happens is we, we move into phase two, at least this has been my experience in relationships. This was very much true in my marriage that I would move into phase two, which was this being needed, energetic of being needed started to feel not so fun. And actually started to create this underlying energy of resentment and a need to control. So for me personally, in my life, if I don't feel safe, meaning if I feel like I'm in a container or a situation or relationship where there is not consistency or reliability, for me, I go into my masculine energy very quickly. See, when we talk about masculine and feminine energies, feminine is the place where we can feel supported, where we can feel held, where we can be open to receive love, abundance, joy, where we can truly drop into our pure feminine essence. And in order to do that, the masculine also must be present also within ourselves or within our partner or within the environment that we've created for ourselves. And as women, what happens sometimes when we do not feel safe, when we don't feel supported, we can default into this energy of control because that's the only thing that feels safe for us. And we move into this energy of control, which puts us into white knuckling our way through things. It puts us into a hustle mentality and it puts us in our masculine energy. And this can really serve us in a lot of ways. It's a beautiful thing. We all have masculine and feminine energies within us, but when we are too far in our masculine in a relationship with a man or whoever represents the masculine energy for us, it takes away their opportunity to be masculine. So now you have these two masculine energies that are butting up against one another. And for males specifically, and even for my partner in my marriage, what happens is it puts them into a position of feeling emasculated. It puts them into a position of feeling unworthy and not needed and unimportant. And therefore they don't know what their place is. They don't know how to support us and they can end up feeling really lost and also feeling resentful and not knowing how to show up. So for me, this is a phase or a pattern that's been repeating consistently in every single relationship where I attract a man in who needs me and that feels really good. And as a result, I move into this energy of control and hustle and masculine energy, and I completely take away my partner's 
opportunity to make mistakes, opportunity to grow and empowerment. And I completely disempower them. And it puts me into a position of feeling super resentful. It puts me into a place where I feel like I can't rely on this person. And as a result, I don't feel safe. So the next logical thing for me to do is move into fight or flight. And a fight doesn't often feel good. And this is where um, passive aggressive behaviors come up for me and old wounds get triggered. And after trying to fight through this, we move into flight. We leave the relationship and we say, this isn't working. You're not my person. And we break up. And this is the moment where everything can shift or stay the same. When we transition out of a relationship, we have an option. We can go down the path of what feels familiar, which is not doing the work, not looking at what part of this did I actually create and call in and where do I own my role in all of this? Or so we can go down this path of choosing to ignore the lessons and feeling like, thank God I'm out of that relationship. Oh, that just didn't work. He was this, he was that blame, blame, judge, 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 and not take ownership. And then immediately call in the exact same person just a different storyline. And it will play out the same over and over and over again. And this is why we end up feeling stuck in relationships and wondering why there's no good men out there. There's plenty of good men. We're just not vibrating at a level or conscious enough to attract them in because we haven't actually done the work to heal our own wounds. And we keep entering into the same contract over and over and over again. So option one is continue to repeat the pattern or Option two is to recognize that this isn't working and the common denominator is me and my choices and how do I want to shift this? So for me, in the context of my relationship and my marriage, I got to this point and I recognized that I was really unhappy, but because I had entered into this agreed upon container of until death do us part and this commitment to work through things no matter what. I decided to change this pattern within the context of my relationship. And I started to look inward and say, okay, well, where am I responsible for this? And I started to do the deep work and I started to hire coaches. I started to do somatic therapy because I had a lot of resistance around getting into my feminine energy. My sexual energy was blocked. I didn't feel safe in my body and I had had enough experience with talk therapy to know that this wasn't deep enough. And the core wound that I had around safety and feminine energy was stuck in my body. And so somatic energy can be, or somatic therapy can be a really, really powerful tool to help you shift the actual visceral experience that you're having in your body. Because I was shutting down and I was just not open and I was in panic and fear and just complete, total shutdown. So I moved into what I would call phase three of my marriage, which was radical responsibility for what I had co-created. I had called in this amazing, beautiful, incredible human into my life to be my partner, to show me (laughs) all of the ways in which I was not being congruent with my highest self, to show me all of the wounds that I had to heal and to give me a space and an opportunity to heal them within the context of our relationship, which is like the most beautiful gift I've ever been given. And I have so much love and respect and gratitude for that. I can't even put that into words. 
So phase three was taking radical responsibility for what I had co-created, what I had needed to heal. And it also gave me the opportunity to invite my partner into this conversation. And this is where relationships get really real guys, like relationships are hard for this reason, because we attract people that are mirrors for our triggers and we can have the opportunity to heal our own wounds and invite our partners into that conversation to also heal their wounds. Because here's the thing. If two people enter into a contract or a relationship that are both wounded and one person chooses to do the work and the other person chooses not to, it creates a very challenging dynamic. So going back to my earlier point about redefining what success looks like in a relationship, for me, it's not about longevity anymore. For me, success in a relationship is two people coming together, recognizing that, hey, you know what? I probably have some shit I need to heal. I've done a lot of work to do it, but chances are you're going to mirror back to me some wounding and some triggers that I need to heal. And I am 100% committed to doing the work alongside of you. So success in a relationship to me looks like two people coming together with a heightened awareness that I have work to do and I am committed to doing the work alongside of you. And if you are at a place in your relationship where you realize that, okay, I have some shit I need to heal and you invite your partner in to heal their stuff and they are resistant to it, this is the work for you where you get to decide how attached you want to be to the outcome because true freedom and your ability to really transcend and grow will rely very heavily on your ability to detach from the expectation of how it's supposed to look and really sit in with the understanding that this might not end up the way that you had expected when you entered into this container of a relationship or marriage or whatever it is, and that you release control over that. And that might look like the relationship transitioning. And I know for me, when I got to this place, oh, it was hard because what came up for me was a story that if I surrender the outcome and I really lean into doing my own work and my partner doesn't choose to do that work for themselves. Maybe they're not ready. Maybe they don't subscribe to it, whatever that is, that this might look different and it might look like we go our separate ways. And what came up for me when I started to have that realization was a lot of guilt around what might happen my responsibility to save this person. What if I leave and their life goes to complete shit? (laughs) What if I leave and I'm happy and they're not? How is that going to look? So we get caught up in all of these stories. And this is what anxiety is. Anxiety is creating a story in the future that's actually not real. And we're not focusing on what's in the present moment. And funny story, (laughs) every relationship I've ever navigated through whenever I leave that relationship, these same stories would come up. How is this going to hurt this person? Oh my God, what will they do without me? Will they survive? Which is like a really selfish and self-serving and sort of narcissistic perspective to have. However, sometimes when we make those choices, it's actually for the greatest good of every single person involved. And when I look back at every relationship I've had, my decision to transition out of that relationship not only served me to my highest good because I learned a lesson and I was able to grow, 
But when I look at these amazing men that have been in my life and what they've been able to accomplish in their lives after we've transitioned out of our relationship, it called them to a higher level of responsibility and accountability for their own happiness. So sometimes we feel like having a breakup or transitioning out of a relationship or having a difficult conversation or leaving a job or walking away from our network marketing company or whatever that transition is, we feel a lot of guilt around the responsibility to the other person. But what we don't recognize is that it gives them an opportunity to choose what phase they want to move into radical responsibility or staying stuck in their patterns and repeating it. So I had to really surrender this like belief that I had responsibility to another human's life and their decision and really focus on practicing massive unattachment to that outcome and just come to terms with what my truth was and focus on how I was showing up and how I was contributing to the relationship and really stepping into a place of radical responsibility, conscious communication, um, love and compassion, and really being open to hearing my partner's perspective and how they were feeling. And it showed me (laughs) what it really looks like to hold space for someone really truly hold space for them and not be involved in their stories and not feel responsible to fix it. Because my job, our job is not to fix someone. Our job is to hold space for them and be the mirror and be the example of what it looks like to heal your own shit so they can actually go do it as well. So that was phase three for me. And then moving into phase four was probably, mm, the most boldly courageous thing I think I've ever done in my life. Really? And that is recognizing my truth and moving into conscious uncoupling and really realizing that, um, you know, our relationship was complete and that what was for the highest good of both of us was to transition in a really beautiful way and a really loving way and, um, have so much gratitude for the experience and the lessons and have so much um peace that this chapter was was closing and it was time to transition and move into phase 4 which is the conscious uncoupling and the transition out of one thing to move into something completely new and create a completely different story and choose something and choose something new and this process looked like having a lot of really challenging conversations. It looked like holding a massive amount of space. It looked like giving myself so much permission to feel whatever it was that I wanted to feel without judgment. So that looked like an extreme amount of joy and happiness and excitement for the future At the same time, also an extreme amount of confusion and sadness and grief and mourning. Because whether someone has died or you are transitioning out of a relationship, you still go through all of the phases of grief. It feels the same. And that process requires an enormous amount of self-love and compassion. It requires an enormous amount of support 
and putting yourself in an environment that will support that transition. And also it requires really fierce boundaries. Like, oh my gosh, I feel like I've learned how to create boundaries for myself in a way that I never would have been able to do had I not gone through this experience. So here's what I've learned over the past seven years in this relationship. I have learned how much I've been acting from a place of codependency and it's brought so much awareness for me around how to heal my codependency, both how I show up and what I attract into relationships. I have learned so much about the importance of masculine and feminine energy and where my continual work is to heal the feminine relationship that I have and how it's okay and it's safe to be in my feminine. I have learned how to set safe boundaries and how to say no like a mofo. Like no has become the most powerful tool I've been able to use to flex around how to protect my energy and how to really create boundaries that not only serve myself, but serve the people in my life. I have learned such a powerful lesson around the difference between want and need. And that's brought up a whole mess of stuff for me around what it would look like to be in a relationship with someone that actually doesn't need me. And if someone doesn't need me, then where is my value and what is my worthiness? And there's a real fear that they might leave me because they actually don't need me. (laughs) That rhymed. Um, I've learned a lot around what it looks like to live in alignment and actually what it feels like physically in my body to be out of alignment because I was out of alignment in so many different areas and made so many decisions based out of this codependent energy and wanting to people please and not trusting myself. And every single time I paid for it on a physical level, a financial level, an emotional level, a spiritual level in every way possible, literally. So really knowing what it feels like to live in alignment. I've learned on such a deep cellular level, what it feels like to trust myself and trust what my body is telling me. I'm a person that can very easily get caught up in my head and going through this experience, this relationship and this transition out of my marriage has taught me very well how to listen to my body on an acute level and to just trust it, even if it doesn't make sense on a like academic level. If I feel it in my body, it's true. I have learned the importance of conscious communication and how to share my truth from a place of pure love and compassion, which has really, really helped me to shift the way I show up in every aspect of my life. Guys, conscious communication truly is the key to happiness. I believe that because everything you want in life is on the other side of a really difficult conversation and being able to share your truth from a place that is receivable to the person you're trying to share it with, right? And if you're not consciously able to share what it is that is true for you in a way that other people can receive it, your message will never be heard and you will continually feel like no one understands you and your needs can't be met because of that. 
I have learned how to massively detach from other people's stories and what it really looks like to hold space for someone versus wanting to fix them. So oftentimes for me, and this, this comes through a lot in private coaching too. If you are a coach, like codependency shows up in your business big time. And I had adapted this belief and this desire to want to fix everything in my partner's life. And as a result, I robbed him from the ability to learn the lessons that he needed to learn to fix himself. And it's such a disservice that we do to other people when we feel like they're broken and we can fix them. Actually, everyone has the tools that they need to heal themselves. And when we heal ourselves, we actually get to be the example of what that looks like. So for me, I've really learned how to detach responsibility from other people's stories and really hold space for them and discern between whether or not they're just asking me to listen or they are inviting me, keyword inviting, inviting me into the process of problem solving for them. It's such a huge shift and I'm so grateful for it. I have learned through this process and this relationship what my non-negotiables are in a relationship, um, what I am willing to compromise on, what I am not willing to compromise on, and what my values are. And I feel like, again, people, relationships, jobs, clients, friendships, experiences get to be the most beautiful mirrors for us for how we are living in alignment or out of alignment and how we get the option to choose what our values are and what we are willing to tolerate because oftentimes, and I know this is true for me, we walk around tolerating shit that we really don't want to and we dishonor ourselves and our values. And as a result, we pour from an empty cup. We don't show up fully and we rob other people of our gifts because we are just staying stuck in this energy of guilt and resentment and exhaustion. And gosh, that just doesn't help anybody. So you know, having this beautiful gift of learning what my non-negotiables are, being forced to look at them is like, I can't even tell you how good that feels. And also I've learned what it looks like to project my own stuff onto somebody else and the damage that that can do. And again, this comes back to, you know, redefining what is, what a successful relationship looks like. I consciously can say now that I have entered into so many relationships, projecting my stuff onto someone else and putting them in this like, you know, knight in shining armor archetype that they were going to heal and fix all of my problems. And that is just an expectation and a responsibility that does not belong to anyone else other than ourselves. And it's unfair to place that expectation and project our own stories onto someone else and expect that they are going to heal us because that is not their role in our life. And that is an unagreed upon expectation that often leads to relationships not working or working, I guess, depending on how you look at it, because that's the lesson you choose to learn. Right. And lastly, how to truly and deeply have love for someone else. And at the same time, still choose your, what is in your highest self and highest good before you choose what is in their best interest. And as we transitioned out of our relationship was the last and hardest lesson that I had to learn that, yes, I can truly love this person so much 
and have so much gratitude for who they are and their light in the world. And I can also still love myself and and make a decision that honors my highest good, knowing that it's going to cause this person pain, probably cause them a lot of pain and discomfort and really shift their life as well. And that for me was freedom, you know, giving myself permission to honor my highest self and my truth and knowing this, that this relationship had come to an end and it was time and that I still love this person very much and have such a massive amount of respect for the experience that we had together and still choose myself and choose love. Hmm. And to me, that is what living boldly courageous really, really looks like. Mm. Whew. So that is my story that I've wanted to share for a long time, but you know, I had to process through a lot of that stuff. So thank you for, mm, thank you for holding space for me and allowing me to share my truth with you. Because honestly, even though it's scary and I'm crying (laughs) and, um, my heart is pounding, mm, it really, really feels good. And I know that by me taking this boldly courageous action right now, it's going to give so many people permission to do the same. And this is my mission. And my mission is to serve you and to be, if I have to go first and be the example of what it looks like, then that's, that's what I have to do. And that's really the whole point of this podcast and the whole point of my mission and really living a fulfilled life and living in my purpose is being the example and going first. So I am sending all of you so much love. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you so much for giving me the opportunity to share this story with you and for holding space. And if this message resonates with you and you feel like it's provided you perspective, I would really love to hear from you. The greatest way that you can support me right now and support this mission is to share it with someone you think really needs to hear it and let me know what your biggest takeaway was. Tag me on Instagram. I would love to hear from you. And I'm just so grateful that you're here. I just, I'm sending you all so much love until the next episode. Bye, guys. Thank you so much for living your boldly courageous life with me today. I am beyond grateful for you and this amazing community we are building together. It is truly my mission to get this message out into the world and empower others to fully step into the life they've always dreamed of. I would be incredibly grateful if you would join me in this mission by sharing this episode with your friends and heading over to iTunes and leaving me a five-star review. And until the next episode, remember to live your boldly courageous life.